welcome to the second ever episode of the CNC Sports Cats. I'm Cade with my co-host Cosmo. Today is Thursday, April 21st, one week out from the biggest day in the NFL, or uh, I guess off season, and that is the draft day that's coming up on April 28th. And uh, today, we're basically what we're going to be doing is just going one through thirty-two of our mock drafts, seeing where we agree, where we disagree. If we got trades going for teams, kind of what we got going on, what we expect to have in that draft, and then after, we'll kind of recap the first round of what our biggest possible bust in the draft is—a guy we think that's not going to pan out. And our biggest boom, a guy who we think is going to be worth the pick, maybe especially a later pick that's going to maybe fall and be a stud or something like that. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get hop right in. Last episode, we went through number one through five. We had no trades, but we'll recap that real quick. So, uh, Mo, you want to start us off? Who would you have going number one of the Jags? Uh, I had Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan going off number one from the Jags just because I think he's the clear number one prospect in this class, and he's just a talent you can't miss. Yeah, I agree. He's too – he's definitely, I think, the number one prospect. There's been talks of Thibodeau being possible number one, but I think Hutchinson's power rush moves, his his speed, his athleticism, he's too much to pass up on. All right, I'll start off number two with the Lions. I got him going Trayvon Walker – over Kayvon Thibodeau, I think he's the more athletic guy. I think he's proven himself against more elite competition at our NFL-level tackles in the SEC. So I think he's the more well-prepared guy for the NFL. I think the Lions will see that. Uh, at number two, I got the Lions taking Kayvon Thibodeau just because I think he's so quick off the ball and he might be more of a project compared to Hutchinson's or a Walker. But I think once they start working on him, especially in his second season and maybe even late in his first season, I mean, he could definitely be the pa- best pass rusher in this class. Yeah, well, there's not a cave on Tibolo in the draft, so. Oh, my bad. Maybe that's a cave on Thibodeau you're referring to. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of Thibodeau, I got him slipping the number three to the Texans. I agree. I think he's a great pass rusher. As a Texans fan, I'd be thrilled, excited, just I think addition to Kayvon Thibodeau would be awesome. He'd be a great star guy to come in and get some sacks and get some some hype to a team that's really been kind of down in the you know in the gutter lately with with talent either leaving or being traded or management just going to hell. So I think he'd be an awesome addition. Who do you got Texans taking at three? Oh, uh, I got the Texans taking Trayvon Walker. Just because, I mean, yeah, exactly what you said. He's the last really impact point corner on the – or not corner. He's the last impact defensive player on the board. You know, an edge rusher can make a huge impact for a franchise. And there's two very good tackles on the board. But, I mean, they got Lormy Tunsil, and I just think, don't think that's their biggest need and their biggest concern right now. So, I think getting a guy like Trayvon Walker and starting a rebound around him and rebuilding up that defense is the best thing they can do at number three. Yeah, plus that later pick at 13 gives definitely gives you a chance to pick up an O-line later. Uh, and then we got going in at number four, we got the Jets. I got them going, going secondary with Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. I think it's a guy that can help out their seven there. They give him some help on defense, maybe take the pressure off of Zach Wilson a little bit on the offense, not making them have to do everything, but instead giving the defense a chance to shine. What do you got the Jets taking? 
At four, I got the Jets taking who I think is the best corner in the class, and that's Sauce Gardner. I just think they need someone on the – they need a defensive back. So Kyle Hamilton would also be a good selection here, but I think Sauce Gardner is the the better selection because corner is a more rarer position to find, like a hidden talent that Sauce has, and I just think they need that impact player, and I think he's going to do good things there. All right, in the last pick. So we've got both got them going secondary. Definitely need for the Jets there at uh, number five. Wrapping up our top five, I got the Giants going. Evan Neal, got to help out uh, Danny Dimes and get him some protection. Maybe get him that kind of last shot at proving that he can be the guy in New York and give him that that protection that he, he – so there's no more excuses for him to kind of end up being a flop. Yeah, I agree with you at number five. I got the Giants going the best tackle in the class in Evan Neal. And I exactly like you said, I mean, they need to protect Daniel Jones. And I mean, they need to establish something on the running game because, I mean, we all know the talent that Barkley has. I just don't think he has the blocking. So I think with a guy like Neal and they can kind of, you know, restructure that O-line and hopefully start a running game that can help Danny Dimes have a breakout season this year. Yep. All right. So we're two for five similarity picks in the top five. And then we really just got mixed up Walker and Thibodeau. We got those guys flipped order on which way they're going to go. But overall, I think we agree pretty well on how kind of as far as position the top five can go. And then we move into number six. We get the Panthers picking. And I'll, I'll start. I got the Panthers going with Ikem Ikanu, I think is how you pronounce that last name, the O-Tackle from NC State. I think the, the Panthers need an O-line desperately. Um, and the only the argument I can hear is that the Panthers are going to use this pick to go quarterback like a Kenny Pickett or maybe a Malik Willis. But honestly, you know, there's been some trade rumors about Baker probably possibly going to the to the Panthers, and I just think that I think those are real trade rumors. I don't see Baker ending up in uh in Seattle, and I don't think he's getting, he's definitely not going to stay in Cleveland. So I definitely think him going to Carolina is a real possibility. And if he goes there, you got to protect him. You got to give him a shot. And plus, it's going to help McCaffrey in the run game. You know, they won't have to hopefully pile him in with 50 runs a game or or something ridiculous like they were doing. So they can keep him healthy and improve the O line and help protect Baker and you know give him a, like kind of like Danny Dimes one final shot to prove that he can be the guy in Carolina. All right. So at number six, I got a trade, and what I have is. I think the Chargers are going to obtain the number six pit, and they're going to give <clears throat> the Panthers number 17, their 2023 first rounder, and their fourth round pick, which is number 123. And I agree. I think at that position, is it Icky? I don't know. I saw Akeem, but Akeem? Look up how you pronounce it. Akeem Ngaku? Ngaku? I think it's pronounced Akeem. Iguanu. Iguanu. Yeah, Iguanu. I just think – because I think the Chargers, with all the stacking that's happening in the AFC West, I mean, they had O-line problems last year, and I think this guy can fit in a big hole they have. And I think they're – I think they're close to being contenders, and this is definitely a step that I think they should take in order to attain that role, you know, give Herbert that protection, give Eckler those zones to run through. I mean, we know he's – the people say he's going to be a little bit of a project, but he's such a big body and he just has so much potential. 
that I think he can really help that team go on a playoff run. Yeah, I could see the the uh, the Chargers definitely going uh, protecting uh, the route of protecting uh, their young quarterback and helping in the run game. I don't think they'll give up that to get that sixth pick, but I I could see the way you're going out to pick with the uh, O line. All right, number seven, we get the Giants. And I'm saying that the, my first corner is coming off the board. I also agree that the best corner in the draft is Sauce, Gar- Sauce Gardner from uh, Cincy. I think he's um, he's a perfect pick. Sorry, perfect fit for the Giants. He's uh, there's been some tra- trade rumors about James Bradbury leaving, so he play that role. He flipped right in once Bradbury left. Uh, he's very physical. He tracks the ball really well. He's a uh, He's got not just a coverage corner, but he also – he's a good open field tackler. He's kind of everything you want in the corner. He's slightly penalty prone in the in the downfield range, but, I mean, any young corner is. And I think he in the NFL he could learn and he could be really – you know, he could be he could be a great corner. I mean, he's definitely the best corner in the draft. Uh, see, I got a different guy. I got the Giants taking a pass rusher and – Jermaine Johnson II from Florida State, and I just think he showed so much at the Combine and at the Senior Bowl, and he showed how much potential he really has, and he's very quick off the ball, and I mean, in the few Giants games I last last year, just no pressure, and I mean, being at Florida State, he's played against a lot of the best tackles. I believe last year, I believe they played Bama, and he played against Evan Neal, and that was a matchup people were looking forward to. And it looks like he rises up against competition, and I think he'll be a pretty good pass rusher in the NFL. Yeah, I see the pass rush move. I was just thinking because uh, you already had Sauce off the board, and I didn't have Sauce off the board in my draft, and I think corner is the number one need. Especially I've, – I've seen a lot of James Bradboard, Bradbury uh, being off the team by week one and being traded. So I really think that they're really going to need a corner come week one. And I think Sauce is too good of a guy to pass up on for them. All right, number eight, you got the Falcons coming in. I got them going. Uh, they desperately need a receiver uh, to help out um, Marcus Mariota, who's their quarterback right now. Uh, so I say I'm going to go Garrett Wilson, the receiver from NC State. Uh, with no more Ryan, like Matt Ryan, I said, they're definitely going to need a, a guy to step in and help in a pass-catching game. They got Kyle Pitts, and he definitely takes some pressure off the receiver's shoulders, but they need another, especially young guy, that would definitely help the receiving core. It would help um, definitely get more – help out whoever they got playing quarterback. Uh, you could see him going left tackle, but um, I just think – I think the receiver position is too big of a hole for them. They got to fill it. Yeah, I agree with you right there. I got him going. Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, and I mean, after Calvin Ridley's suspension, I mean they have nobody there, and so they just need a number one receiver. And even when Calvin Ridley comes back, it's going to be a good one-two punch for years to come. And I just think he's the best receiver in this class because I'm in. He's fast. He's a polished route runner. He goes up for jump balls. He's got strong hands. I mean, there's nothing not to like about the kid. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I said uh, NC State, but you're right. It's Ohio State. I messed that up. All right, number nine. I had the uh, 
Seahawks coming up at number nine, and I got him going Kenny Pickett at number nine, the uh, quarterback from Pittsburgh. I got my first quarterback coming off the board. I just think he's uh, – I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. He's the most NFL-type quarterback in the draft. He's um, He's got good touch. He's a great pocket passer, and he's got – the great, but the perfect amount of athleticism you want in NFL quarterback. Now he's not going to run around like Lamar Jackson, but he's going to get the job done. If he's got to get out of the pocket, he can do it. He's not going to do it all the time, but I feel like he's smart enough to know when to do it. He's a he's a good fit in the NFL offense. Uh, I, I like. I think I'm calling him the the Kenneth Pickett fence because he's the safe pick. Pick. He's like your picket fence. He's like a put it up and feel safe. And he's a safe pick for Seattle. They don't got. Wilson anymore, it's time to move on. You got to build for the future now. You don't wait for the future to come to you. And I think Kenny Pickett is that future. He's a NFL looking quarterback from college. I mean, he just looks like an NFL guy. I think he's I think he's hands down the best quarterback in the draft. And I think he'll prove it. All right. So at nine, I agree with you. I believe the Seahawks are going to take a quarterback in that position. I mean, it's necessary, but I disagree with the guy. I think the guy they need to take is Malik Willis from Liberty. I think he has the potential to be the best quarterback. And to be honest with you, I think this class is pretty weak at that position. But I think Malik Willis has potential to be the best one. And in the spot and what Seattle is in, I mean, with Drew Locke, it's going to give him some competition. And I think even if he has to sit for a season and just, you know, watch the game and then get up to speed. But I think his legs are really good. He's a good runner. I think he clearly has the best arm in the class. He may not be the most accurate, but, I mean, he's got the best arm and he's got the materials to be a great NFL quarterback. It's just whether Pete Carroll and that coaching staff can put those tools to use and hopefully he can develop really well. Yeah, so we both got him going quarterback. Disagreeing kind of – I just I just see Pickett as more the NFL type. I think he's that – that pocket passer with good accuracy. And I think Malik Willis is definitely the more athletic guy. Um, hands down the more athletic guy, but he's, and he's, I think he's got the bigger upside. Like if he's good, he's going to be great. But it's also that if he's good thing that scares me, you know, he might be a flop just being that athletic guy. Sometimes you see those guys don't pan out. I think Pickett's, like I said, he's the picket fence. He's a safer guy. He's, the guy that looks like he's bred for the NFL. In the past, he's been bred for the NFL. Now, we have seen this movement of more athletic quarterbacks like a Watson or a, or a Lamar Jackson or even like a – well, not those are the two main guys that come to mind, that, you know, those athletic guys who can also throw the ball, maybe not as well as a Pickett, but I feel like Pickett's got the athleticism. Like he's a safer pick. All right, now we got the Jets coming at number 10. Uh, I had them in the – at the number four spot, picking Kyle Hamilton, the safety, and at number 10, I got him adding on to that secondary, really building up that defense, you know. I feel like their offense, they just they they put too much pressure on their offense. Their defense, you got to get stops, and I feel like they're going to build their secondary again. I think they're going to pick the second-best corner I got on the board, and that's Derek Stingley Jr., uh, the corner from LSU. I think they need a cornerback bad as well as they need a safety. O-line's not worth I feel like the only way I could see him going is uh, – is O-line, and I just don't see him. I think Sting, Stingley's too good of a name for them to pass up and need that corner as bad as they do. Uh, Stingley's great. He's got some speed. He's also got some size. He's great in man coverage. Also another good physical open field tackler. 
uh, like Sauce, which is something that you really like to see in a young corner, something he's able to do in college. Who you got number two going number 10 to the Jets? Uh, number 10, I got the Jets going on the offensive side of the ball and taking, in my opinion, the second best receiver in this class in Drake London. I mean, he's just a big guy, gets goes for the ball, a uh, huge threat in the red zone. I mean, he, he's mossed more guys than I think anyone in this draft class. And I think that's the kind of guy Zach Wilson needs. And I think it would really help him develop these. I mean, we all know Zach Wilson loves to gunsling the ball and chuck it deep. But, I mean, Corey Davis was good last year. Jameson Crowder was kind of injured through most of the season. So I think they just need that consistent number one receiver in order to show Zach Wilson's true potential before they can really judge whether he's the guy for the franchise in the future or whether they need to move on. All right, so now we're moving on to number 11. We got Washington, the, the commanders who have been in some interesting situations out of late as far as management getting in trouble and being under investigation. And uh, Dwayne Haskins, who was, who was definitely was, – uh, he was drafted by Washington, right? Yeah, he was yeah. drafted. So that was unfortunate to hear. But I think at this pick, they got to go quarterback. I mean, they signed Carson Wentz in the offseason – but uh, he's not the long-term guy. I mean, you can't look at Carson Wentz and, and think he's going to be long-term. Maybe a couple years, get this guy in, play it right, let him sit there for a year, or at least, you know, six or seven games, six or seven weeks, let him sit under, really learn the system. And when you feel comfortable, you know, put him in there if you got a real shot at winning that division or just give him some quick reps, you know, in the game. And I think that guy for them is Malik Willis. Uh, you had him going earlier. I do think Kenny Pickett is still the better quarterback. But like I said, Malik Willis being that athletic type guy, super athletic type guy, not super athletic, but definitely more athletic type guy. Uh, he struggles with his accuracy a little bit more than Pickett does, but he's way more athletic. And those guys in recent years have proven that their upside is is definitely could be worth the pick. But I think it's also more of a risk than a picket. So I think Pickett's going first, but I think Malik Willis will still be a good pick for Washington. Roll the dice a little bit, take a quarterback here, a guy that could really pan out and, uh, you know, kind of see where, it's, you know, I wouldn't start him immediately. I don't think you can jump in. I think you can give Wentz, especially Wentz plays pretty good at the beginning of seasons, especially in a new offense. So I think Wentz will, you know, he'll do good for a while, but in the end, uh, Wilson bring also bring Willis into that situation under a veteran guy like Wentz, who's I mean he's he been to a Super Bowl even though he didn't really play in it. Uh, but he's been on a Super Bowl team. He knows what it's like. He's been in the league a while. He's been around the league. Bringing him under a veteran guy like that to study under would be really beneficial for a young guy. I think it works out. Taking Willis there works out perfect for, for Washington, a franchise that's also looking for a star. They need a the guy that fans can rally around with the new branding and the trouble they've been in lately. I think it'd be nice to have a star like Willis come in the draft that get some of the fans can cheer about again. All right. So I don't believe the route of drafting a quarterback because I mean, they traded two third rounders and a second to get wins. So, I mean, I think that shows that they have faith in him, that he can be their quarterback, maybe not for the long run, but for at least a couple of seasons. And I got Kyle Hamilton slipping down right into their hands. I mean, we all know he's a in-the-box safety, which is a guy they're missing in Landon Collins after he's, he's going in free agency this offseason. And so I think Kyle Hamilton slipping down to number 11 is just the perfect move for them. They can replace their 
big playmaker on the defense side of the ball with another big playmaker in that same position. And that's how they win games. I mean, they got a great pass rush. They got great defensive backs. And, I mean, that's how they're going to need to win games is by holding teams to a little point. So Kyle Hamilton will just help bring more talent to that defensive side of the ball. All right, moving on to number 12. Uh, I got Arizona committing the trade here instead of keeping this pick i got them trading this pick to minnesota the vikings i got i don't know the specifics of what the trade's gonna look like but i think the vikings trade up to or i'm sorry i think the minnesota had this pick originally right yeah 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 minnesota sorry okay so minnesota has the pick i think arizona trades up and i think they trade up to grab jermaine johnson uh i think they need to rep- jermaine johnson the edge rusher out of florida state i think he's a great edge rusher he's proven He's got a he's a just a good edge setter, good in the run. He struggles a little bit more in his pass rush, but I think he's a good run stopper. And I think they need him with Chandler Jones gone and JJ Watt. You know, you never know if he's going to play all season. They need a guy that's going to help in the run as well as you know get to the pass, bringing a young guy who's going to be you know could definitely pop off and be a great edge rusher. And I think that's Jermaine Johnson. I got a – especially a team like the Cardinals are a team – I mean, they're in a win-now mode. They're not in a rebuilding mode. They're in a win-now mode. So you got to prove it. you got to go after guys. you got to make moves to win now. And I think the move to get Jermaine Johnson is a win-now move. He's going to jump in. He's going to start week one. He's definitely – he's got the talent to be a good edge rusher. So I think you move up to this 12 spot and you, you get Jermaine Johnson, the guy that's going to help you out on defense for sure. Uh, at this pick, I got the Vikings keeping it, and they just have a big hole at cornerback. They just have nobody, not a name I recognize. I mean, Patrick Peterson, but, I mean, he's getting older. And all these other guys, I really don't, to be honest with you, don't recognize their names. So, I got him taking Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU, and I think he'll just be a great addition. I mean, we've all known that in these past years, they've been electric on offense with guys like Jefferson and Thielen, but they just really haven't had the defense side of the ball to make a big playoff run. And so hopefully Stingley can be that, you know, piece in the puzzle, help connect that defense and make them at least good enough where they can make the playoffs and maybe make a little run. Yeah, I could definitely see if Minnesota keeps the pick going. I mean, they need defense bad. They need especially DBs. They need DBs bad. I just think Arizona's going to kind of make them off where they can't refuse. But uh, and I think Arizona's in a win-down mode, and they got to make moves to prove that. All right, number 13, we got my boys, the Texans, coming back up at number 13. I had them taking the, the Kayvon Thibodeau in the beginning, a good name to uh, get the fans happy, get fans happy and get, uh, get them going. But I think at 13, we move back over – to the problem that's plagued the Texans for years, and that is the O-line. We got Titus How or we got Laramie Tunsil on one side, a guy that's proved that he can definitely hold down the left side, but we need a guy on the other side. We don't have a solid other tackle, and two solid tackles will give Davis Mills the chance to prove that he can be the guy in Houston. And we really, at the end of the season, he might be. I don't know if he is, but I think we got to give him a fair shot, and that fair shot, is going to be drafting Charles Cross, CO tackle out of Mississippi State. He's a, I mean, he's a good hole for, he's a great right tackle. He's proved it playing in the SEC against some of the greatest pass rushers. Um, and I think we just got to, you got to give Mills that shot to prove he can be the guy. And I think Cross is the fair pick. I think he's going to 
not only will he help Mills, but maybe whoever the next quarterback is, maybe we bring in next year or go in free agency or something. But I don't think you go quarterback here. You give Mills another shot and you go tackle. You go offense tackle. Uh, I mean, I agree with you on the pick. I got Charles Cross going at 13. And I just think if you're the Texans here, you're looking at who's best available on the board, who's going to make the biggest impact. And I think that's Charles Cross. I mean, he's – I think he has top ten talent. If there's another team that wants to draft a tackle, and, I mean, he's proven. He's from a big school. I mean, I think he's a guy that you can put in your lineup right away, not going to need much development. And I, like you said, putting him from that other side from Tunsil is going to give Davis Mills the right amount of time. And I mean, they, they just re-signed Brandon Cooks to a two-year deal. And so yeah. it shows that they have faith in Mills. And I think this would be a pick right here to show that they have even more faith in him. Plus, they also got uh, Nico Collins coming back for a second year. Definitely a guy I feel like that if he gets some real looks, got some real looks at the end of last year and, I feel like to prove the, that he's earned that, that number two spot in the RC rotation. Maybe, you know, he's matured a little more now. He knows the playbook much better, and he's got, got the size and the capabilities to be a good receiver. I think you give him another shot, give him more looks this year, and uh, really see if he's got the stuff to be a good receiver, which I think he can be. All right, number 14, we got uh, Baltimore at number 14. I got him keeping the pick. I got him going, filling a uh, a hole they need in the defensive line. I got him going. Jordan Davis, the big DT from Georgia, just a big one of those oversized D tackle, kind of like a Vince Wilfork guy. A guy who's gonna fill up uh, holes in the run. He's gonna he's big enough to uh, to fill up with like the A and the B gap. He's strong. He's gonna got a, a good bull rush. He's gonna win those up from bouts that you need him to win. So. Uh, yeah, I think clear pick for them is going D tackle with I mean they they need a D tackle bad and and this, they're not gonna get much better in this draft interior D lineman of Jordan Davis. Uh I got a trade at pick number fourteen and I got the Steelers trading up and the details of that trade, I think the Steelers will get pick fourteen and the Ravens will get pick twenty and fifty two, which is a second rounder. And I think the Steelers are taking are trading up to draft their franchise quarterback and Kenny Pickett. And I mean, after Big Ben's retirement, it's I mean that's their biggest question this offseason is who's going to play that quarterback position. And they've brought in a couple guys like Trubisky, and I just think they just need to add more guys to that competition because I think you know the more the merrier. I mean, one of them's got to pan out, you know, that kind of scenario. And I think if Pickett falls down here, I would not be shocked if the Steelers try to make a move before a team like the Panthers that really needs a quarterback or, you know, before a team like the Lions tries to trade back up here with their pick later in 32. But I think the Steelers will try to make the move because they're not necessarily in a win now, but I mean, they do have one of the best defenses in football, in my opinion. And so if Kenny Pickett's a start, you know, a guy that can start day one, that can really help their offense and help Najee Harris and um, Claypool. I mean, I think that's the right decision for them. I can definitely see uh, Pittsburgh trading up to get a quarterback. I have picked going pretty early. So I think that, and I don't think they, a team like Seattle or a team like, uh, I, mean, I think I, or a team like Washington would be willing to get up to get, give a pick, but I got, I got them going so early, but I could see if definitely if it falls. 
Pittsburgh making some moves to try to get him. Okay, number 15, we got Philadelphia, the Eagles flying in. Um, I think they got to fill in the receiver, the receiver, the problem that they've had for a while. They've had problems at the number, the number, uh, they've had problems at the receiver department for a while. And, uh, and it's, it's been playing them. I mean, they, they didn't, they just don't ever have a premier receiver. They need it bad. And I think this is the year they get it. And that's in Drake London receiver from USC. He's tall, he's got good hands, and he's really good after the catch, which is a good dynamic to having a guy. I think he's a good pick for them. Uh, this could definitely be the guy that's that's like, I mean, they haven't had a franchise receiver in a long time. I mean, you the stretch might be Deshaun Jackson as their last franchise receiver that I can really think of. I mean, they've struggled drafting receivers. They've drafted um, – uh, what was it, Aguilar, who couldn't seem to catch his ball, and the fans were all over him. But I think London's a good pick for him. I think he'd definitely be that guy who fills that number one role that they need bad. Uh, I got him going on the opposite side of the ball with Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. I mean, at Utah, he showed that he's like the quarterback of a defense, and I think that's a guy they need. That's a guy they're missing in their linebacker core who can be that captain. And, I mean, he's just a playmaker. I mean, he's great in pass coverage. He's great against the run. He can rush the passer. And I think he can do it all. And I think him, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I think he's top 10 talent. I mean, I debated with him, the Texans going with him. But I just think if he falls down here, I don't think the reasons have, the Eagles don't have any reasons not to take him. I mean, he just, he's such a stud on the field. Yeah, I do agree. I think he's definitely the best linebacker in the class. I like, uh, I like, definitely like Nakobe Dean from Georgia, linebacker. And I actually think, we'll talk about this later, but uh, I definitely think he's a great linebacker. But you're right. Lloyd is probably, wide opinion, the greatest linebacker in the draft. So I think that would be a smart pick for him as well. I just think receiver is a bigger need for them right now. All right, 16, we got New Orleans coming in. And I think what they got to do, is they got to protect Jameis. I think Jameis, you know, you're, you're actually your your team being New Orleans. I definitely think after last season, you don't don't go quarterback. Jameis proved that he is the guy. He can be the guy there. And the games he played, he played some of the best games of his career. He had a great record. He was, he was slinging the rock really well, showing great discipline. Uh, I guess after he decided, he realized that he was blind. After he got his eye test, he 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 decided he wanted to play quarterback. But I definitely think. You give him a fair shot, and you do that by drafting him some O-line. So I got him going. Trevor Penning, uh, the tackle from North Iowa, I think he's a, he's a, he's a big, strong, great, athletic uh, tackle that's just one of those, you know, like a safe picks, you know. Go protect. It's not the most exciting pick, but it's a, it's a smart pick. Protect Jameis. Uh, y'all still have Armstead, don't you? Nah, he left. We got Ramchek, okay. though. Okay, well, still. Then, if anything, that's another reason. Yeah. For them. You got to replace fine. Armstead. So, I think the, the good pick is pinning here. Protect Jameis. Keep that leg safe. And uh, if he gets hurt again, then you know he's 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 prone. You got to go somewhere else. But this year, you give him that shot to, to stay healthy. And if he plays a whole year, I think you're easily playoff team. So, I definitely think uh, – Protecting Jameis through Trevor Penning is the way to go. I mean, yeah, I can agree with you more. 
I think Trevor Pinion is the perfect pick right there, and I think that's why we traded for two picks in the first round is because we need a tackle and we need a receiver desperately. And we need a tackle because Armstead left in free agency, and, I mean, we've always had a great O-line. I mean, that's just how our offense rolls. I mean, we love to pound the ball with Kamar and Ingram. That's a great one-two combo. And just gave, giving Jameis Winston the time he needs to make good decisions I think is why we need to draft the tackle at this position. I think he's the best at the board. And I think, like he said, I, he's a safe pick. He's a big guy, a lot of experience. And he's not a guy that's like, oh, you know, he's going to be a project, but he can be really good. He's a guy you can plug right in there and he's going to know what to do and he's going to do his job well. All right, moving on to 17. The Chargers have this pick. Uh, I got them going, filling the receiver void that they kind of have there. Uh, and I got them because uh, they still got Keenan Allen, don't they? Or did he move on? No, they still got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. All right, so I got this guy sliding into the probably – I think this guy could definitely beat up Mike Williams for the number two spot, even though Mike Williams is definitely a good receiver. Given uh, Herbert and our weapon there, I got him going. Jameis Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, gives Herbert another weapon, and uh, the thing I love about Jameson Williams, especially going there, is he's a very flexible receiver. He can play in the slot. He can play in the outside position, that X and the Y kind of position on the outside, or he can play your Z or your H in the slot. He can run a wide variety of routes like we saw at Alabama. He's proven himself at Alabama that he's a great pass catcher. He's those Alabama guys like a Cooper like a like a like you know, there's been so many receivers that come out of the University of Alabama that that pan out, and so I think he's just going to be another guy who's going to be a very reliable guy as well as the flexibility he brings to the offense. I think he's he's definitely a good acquisition for the Chargers. Oh, see, due to previous trades at 17, uh, the Panthers have this pick, and I think they're going to fill in their needs. I mean, they got the draft capital they wanted from trade to number six overall pick. And I think they're going to go Matt Corral from Mississippi State. And, I mean, people have worries because that was a mostly RPO offense. So he may be a little bit of a project in the NFL. But we know he's uber athletic. We know he's got good arm talent. And, I mean, they're still debating whether Sam Darnold is the guy or not, but I don't think he is. But maybe they start him week one and then Corral can come in week four or five after they find out, you know, he's not that guy. And I just think he could be really productive. And I think he'll get a good hang of the NFL quickly. And he could definitely be, I mean, I think it's hard to tell which one of these quarterbacks is going to be the best in this class. I think they're all – not very similar in the aspects of the game, but all very similar in potential and talent-wise. All right, so now we got going into number 19 – or, sorry, number 18. We got Philly, the Eagles flying in again. Uh, they had the earlier pick. They had 15, and I had them going receiver at 15. So, I think now they flip over the air side of the ball. You had them picking the air side of the ball in the first place. Yeah, I got them Devin Lloyd. That's right. So, I think they go – other side of the ball as well. I think they go edge rusher this time, though, and I think they get a great guy in in uh, George Karlafidis out of uh, Purdue. I think a, another great edge rusher in this class is definitely full of great edge rushers. Very athletic. Uh, he's got a great swim move uh, from, like, the stuff that the film I've seen on him and the, the, the scouting reports. He's kind of like a J.J. Watt type where when he was drafted in that – the one thing that scares you about him is 
He's is that people say, you know, and you watch him, he's kind of got one move. He's got a swim move, which is very deadly, but also very good. He's like perfected it, which is a lot of what people said about Watt, though. And he developed so many other moves so quickly because of how athletic he was. So I'm not saying he's going to be a J.J. Watt. I'm just saying there's a, I see a lot of similarities between him and Watt, kind of taking middle of the pack drafts. Uh, He's got, you know, people say he's one good move, but they also say he's a great athlete. So he's easily able to adapt other moves into his arsenal and he perfects them and works hard. So I definitely think uh, Carl Lafitis, I think that's how you pronounce his name, but uh, I think he can be, he could definitely help them out on the defense side of the ball. Uh, so at 18, I got the Eagles taking a receiver and Jameson Williams from Alabama. And I know due to his ACL tear in the national championship game, he's not going to be able to play, I believe, until October or November. But, I mean, he's just – I mean, he's so fast. I, In my opinion, I think he could be the most NFL-ready receiver in this draft class, and I think the injury is going to scare teams from picking him early. But I think he's shown that he's making a good recovery, and he may not be able to start for the first couple games of the season, but once he starts, he's going to be an instant impact player. And for a young quarterback like Jalen Hurts, I think that's just what he needs. Uh, last year, they went a receiver in Devontae Smith, and I think he had a great season. So that coaching staff is clearly not afraid to draft receivers in the first round. Because two years ago, they drafted Jalen Rieger from TCU, and maybe he'll find his stride, but he hasn't really been the guy they wanted. So I think that's why they're going to get Jamison Williams here, and they're going to get – uh, Jalen Hurts, another weapon on the offensive side of the ball. So we kind of Eagles going the same way. We both got him going the defensive side of the ball. A guy can help in the front seven, and then we got him going receiver at some point too. But I think definitely hands down front seven on defense and uh, and uh, the receiver on offense is definitely the way they need to go with their two picks. Um, all right, nineteen. We got the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints coming back up. Earlier in set 16, I had him going O-tackle, Trevor Penning. I believe you also had Trevor Penning going to him. So, here I got him going corner, though. Trent uh, McDuffie out of Washington. Great zone corner. Uh, he's got great speed. He's uh, great, got great closing speed, a good open field tackler, uh, which is, again, another thing that you love to see in a corner, and especially guys coming to the NFL, not a guy that's just going to play coverage, but a guy that can come up and make the tackle. I think he'd be great aside uh, Lattimore. I think with the loss of Malcolm Jenkins, they they need a guy in the secondary. And I think that guy is Trent McDuffie that's definitely going to help him out there. Uh, I got the Saints going a different route here. I got him going Chris Olavier from Ohio State. And, I, I mean, we need a receiver. I mean, hands down. I mean, who that nation? They need a guy that Jameis can throw the ball to. Michael Thomas is coming back next year. I mean, that's great. He's a great receiver, but I mean, they're, they're going to triple team him. They're going to double team him. We need a guy who can consistently get open, and we didn't have that last year. And I mean, we've, you know, I mean, Marcus Callaway has shown potential. Traycon Smith has shown potential, but I think we need a guy that can hands down be consistent every game. And I like all of ABs. I think he's a good route runner, which fits him right into this West Coast Saints offense. And he's another guy from Ohio State, which, you know, to pair him with a former Buckeye and Michael Thomas, very similar, you know, great route runners, great hands. 
And I think it would just be a great one-two combo for Winston, and it would just help him develop so much more. And then you add Kamara as a receiving thread. And I think, I mean, we were in the bottom, bottom of the pack in pass offense last year due to injuries and, you know, other reasons. And I believe that drafting a receiver is just the obvious decision at one of these two picks. All right, moving on to number 20. We got, I got Pittsburgh coming up. I think you had him trading this pick or earlier, but I got Pittsburgh coming up. You had him trading up, I believe, with Baltimore to take um, take to Kenny Pickett. And I agree. I think that that would be a smart move for them. If Pickett's still available at that point in draft, I think that would be a great move for them. But I actually think that since Pickett's going earlier, they keep this pick, but they also go quarterback. I got him going Matt Coral. Uh, quarterback from Ole Miss, uh, SEC guy. I say he's basically about every SEC guy, but it is the hardest competition in football, I think, hands down. I think the only one people say that it's not, they just have a bias towards some team. But it's, I think it's hands down the hardest competition in football. Uh, I think good things about Coral, um, between his sophomore's junior year, he showed a lot of improvement. He threw way less picks which means he's getting smarter, also means he can learn, which is things you definitely want to see in an NFL quarterback. Uh, he's an athlete. He can run out of pocket when you need him to. He's not a guy that's not athletic enough to move around. You need a guy nowadays, especially with how fast these edge rushers are getting, has a little bit of athleticism to him, and he has it. And he was able to run the RPO pretty successfully in in, a, in the, that old Miss, which is definitely a plus. Uh, you don't want to be running too much RPO with your rookie quarterback. But it's nice to have something to throw in every once in a while, surprise the defense, and he can do it. So I think just with the progression he's shown through his time at Ole Miss, I think it's definitely an upside for Pittsburgh. I think Tomlin, Mike Tomlin bringing him in and coaching him up uh, definitely can improve his skill set, and he can be a, he can be the, possibly the franchise guy there in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I got the Ravens have this pick due to an earlier trade I have with the Steelers when they – Traded up to draft their franchise quarterback. And I have them drafting Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia. And I just think, I mean, he's 6'6", 340. I mean, he's a massive human. I mean, he's going to block running reins. I mean, we've seen it at Georgia. He's going to get in the running back's face. And although we know he has his limitations as a pass rusher, which I can make a, which can definitely make him fall down to the draft like this position, but I think the Ravens just need someone to stop the run. I mean, their run defense was all right last year, and I believe they have a very talented roster. But I think Jordan Davis just adds more talent to that roster. He kind of reminds me of uh, Vita Vea from Tampa Bay, just, you know, a big body guy who's going to get in gaps and he's going to make plays in the run game. And, I mean, it's I'm not saying he's a bad pass rusher. I mean, he's got moves. He's but, you know, he's not as good as a pass rusher as some of these other guys who are first-round talent. Yeah, I definitely agree. I had him going to the to the uh, Ravens earlier at uh, 14. But, yeah, I think Davis is the clear choice for Baltimore if he falls that far to them, if, he, if he's still available in the game. I think, uh, yeah, he's just that oversized detaggle that you love to see in the run game, in the run-stopping game. All right, at 21, we got New England coming in. I think what they got to do – they got to go receiver. They got to help Mac Jones out. They got to give him a real, real targets to come in there to really see if he can be the guy there. Um, and I got him going Chris Olave. Olave. I think it's Olave. 
that wide receiver from Ohio State. Ohio State? Yeah, Ohio State. I thought he was. Uh, he's got a good top speed. He's a deep ball guy, which is good for Mac Jones and his big arm. Uh, I think it'll be great for him, those deep balls that Mac Jones can throw up to him, give Mac Jones a chance to throw the ball down the field for the Patriots. Really good chance to see Mac Jones open it up and see if he can be the guy there. But I think even if Jones isn't the guy there, Ole's a guy to bring in to be a good long-term receiver. I mean, I agree with you. I think that would be a great pick for the Patriots. But I have a, all of it going earlier to the Saints at 19. So I think they're going to pick the next best man and the gadget man himself, and that's Traylon Burks. And, I mean, he's, he just is a Patriots guy. I mean, he reminds me of a Julian Edelman. I mean, he can play outside. He plays in the slot. He's thrown the ball. He's played in the backfield. I mean, he played everywhere at Arkansas. And, I mean, he's fast. He's quick. You know, he's very agile. And he's just, he's just an athlete. And I think that's the guy that the Patriots need in their receiving core which in my opinion was very weak last season. And I think you bring up good points as a young quarterback like Mac Jones. I mean, they need to give him weapons if they want him to find success in this league. And I think Traylon Burks is the best option for them as he's a gadget guy that they can – Bill Belichick can be creative with and hopefully they'll find out where he suits best and where to put him in their offense. All right, it's funny because I actually have Burks falling to the next pick, and that's going to Green Bay. I got Burks going to Green Bay to receive at Arkansas. Uh, I think if you're Green Bay, this pick has to be an offensive skill player. I mean, the problems you've had with Rodgers, you just gave him that massive deal. You've been – the organization has been just shit on regularly for not giving Rodgers what he wants. you you got to go with what he wants now. He's just an incredible athlete. He's won MVPs. I mean, he's – he's you got to give him a number one guy. And especially losing Devontae Adams, you got to fill that void. And I think Burks, like you said, he's uh, he's he's hands down a great receiver. Another SEC guy played against some great corners. Um He's got – I saw some – but basically exactly what you said. He's an athletic guy. One's got a report. I like how they described saying he had sneaky – he's got that sneaky speed, that speed that kind of comes on up on you. You don't expect it kind of middle routes or the end of routes where he takes off. But, yeah, I think you're being insane to say Green Bay doesn't go an offensive skill player here. I mean, you just – maybe you, if you up him on defense, I could get the argument there. But uh, I just – I don't know with – the way things have gone with Rodgers and given the massive deal you just gave him and everything that happened last year, especially in the years before in the draft, especially you got to go uh, give him a skill guy here. And I think that guy's Burks. So I have the Packers going receiver, but Burks was just taken <clears throat> prior to that in my mock draft. So I'm going with, in my opinion, the last, you know, first round caliber receiver and, Johan Dotson from Penn State and yeah people are worried about his he doesn't exactly have elite speeds and he's a little underside but I mean he's very good at body control he's very good at tracking down throws and he just has great hands and I mean what else can you really say besides I mean Novante someone's got to fill his shoes someone's got to fill that role if they want to make the run they want to make it to that NFC championship and to the Super Bowl and I mean, you're right. After giving Rodgers that huge deal, I mean, they, I mean, they basically got to go receiver here. I mean, there's no other option. I mean, 
their receiving core right now is very weak because they just uh, also scantily signed with the Chiefs in free agency, so they no longer have him. And they still have guys like Wizard and Tanya who have shown potential, but, I mean, they need to add someone to that receiving room who can be another threat and another weapon for Rodgers to throw to. Yeah, I agree. I think Packers organization would be insane not to go to receiver there. All right, number 23, I had this pick being traded earlier. I had Arizona moving up uh, to acquire – who I had my acquire? Oh, that pass rusher, um, Jameson uh, – Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson. But uh, now I got Minnesota with this pick. And I got him. I'm pretty sure you had him picking a corner at the uh, when you had him picking. Yeah, I had him picking Stingley. Yeah, I also got him going corner. I got him going Andrew Bruce Jr., the corner of the Clemson. Like you said, they need quarterback bad. Their secondary is in desperate need of a cornerback. And I think uh, Andrew Bruce Jr. is a great guy for that to fill that hole. He's a flexible corner at Clemson. He proved he can he can run zone and man. And again, he's a guy that can is a physical corner you can come up and make tackles which is again that's what you need in the nfl you got to play coverage and you got to make the open field tackles and you can do both oh uh, i got arizona with this pick and i got them helping out their secondary right here with uh trent mcduffie from washington and i just think i think he's debatably the best guy available on the board right here on the defense side of the ball and i'm in they don't I, I don't think they have really any no, you know, notable corners and number one corner. And I think if you want to make a big run, you gotta have a shutdown corner. I think Madelphi can definitely be that guy. I mean, we saw in college, I mean he's he has good speed. He has good instincts. He is a little undersized at five eleven, but I mean we've seen he could still effective in the press coverage and uh, I mean, like you said before, I mean, he's a he's a good tackler. I mean, he's he forced a couple fumbles while he was at Washington, and I think he can be a big playmaker to help that defense out. Yeah, I agree. Arizona's got a good defense. Um, I just think they go to move up that that uh that that pass rusher, but I definitely think if they stay back, they they got to go corner because they definitely need to help. And I don't think a lot of great pass rushers will be left at that point in the draft. So okay, twenty four. We got Dallas coming up. I think uh, they need a line, they especially interior line. They need a guard. So I got them going. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum from uh, Michigan, or sorry, Iowa. Uh, great interior lineman. Slender but athletic. I saw one scout said that he thinks he's a great one of the, probably the one of the greatest screen blockers he's seen, which is a definitely upside because screen blocking shows a use of athleticism because he'll be able to pull block and he's not too big, which means he'll definitely his pull blocking again is benefited by the fact that he's not too big. So I think he again Dallas continues their tradition of having, you know, uh, an exemplary offensive line and they add Linderbaum to that and I think he, he's just going to be a great athletic uh, to, a guard that will fit right into the right in for the Cowboys to help protect Dak uh, yeah I agree with that but I think they believe they can get that guard later and they're going to try to trade this pick and there's going to be one team desperate to get in that's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs 
And the trade details I got is the Cowboys are going to get pick 29 in the third rounder, which is 103, the Chiefs later third rounder. And the Chiefs will get 24. And with that pick, I got them getting George Kalafidis from Purdue. And the reason I think they're going to pick him here is, I mean, they need pass rush. Chris Jones can't do it all by himself. I mean, they tried to experiment. I mean, they signed Frank Clark to that massive deal, but, you know, he hasn't lived up to the money yet. And I think he is a very good pass rusher. And if he falls down to a position where they don't have to trade too much to get him, I think they'll try to do anything in their power to get him. Because as you said earlier, I mean, he has a great swim move. And I think that would just help Chris Jones out so much. As we know, Chris Jones is a stud, but it's hard to really show off that talent when you're getting doubled and even sometimes triple teams. And I just think they need another guy coming off that edge to kind of help him, you know, maybe get him some more one-on-one matchups and, I mean, get more pressure on the quarterback because I feel like they had no pressure on the quarterback last year. All right, coming at 25, we got Buffalo. Um, I got Buffalo filling a, a need they need. The, that's on the interior D line. I got them going Devontae Wyatt, defense tackle out of Georgia. Um, a good, um, powerful defensive tackle that played alongside, um, sorry, what was his name? Uh, Jordan Davis at Georgia. Another SEC guy, so he's gone against some of the greatest linemen in the country. He's a good, powerful guy, like I said, strong. Uh, guy, he's really good hands, strong hands, really good at hand fighting. I think uh, he fills a much-needed position in Buffalo there in the interior D-line. Yeah, I agree with you there. And But I got the, another trade happening here, and I think it's going to be by the Bengals, and they're going to give the Bills number 31 and 95, which is the third round there, and they're going to obtain this pick number 25. And I think, I mean, everyone knows the Bengals need an offensive guard. They tried to rebuild the offensive line, and they're doing a good job, but they're still missing that. I believe it's, a, I mean, right or left guard, but they need a big guard, and they're going to get that guy and Kenyon Green. I believe the best guard in this draft class from Texas A&M. And the reason they're going to make this trade is not only to protect their franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow, but I mean, looking at the teams in front of them, I mean, the Titans need a guard. The Buccaneers could draft a guard. The Packers need a guard. Um, I mean, I got the Cowboys trading down here. I mean, they could get a guard. And that's just too many teams. And I mean, that's the one position they need. I think they have a perfect roster to make another Super Bowl run. But I think they need a guard because as we saw in the Super Bowl when they played the Rams, I mean, it was the pass rush was just bad. It was too much for Burrow. And I mean, that's not how their offense rolls. You know, they need to give Burrow some time so he can, you know, throw it up to Jamar Chase or T Higgins, one of those bigger receivers. And that's how to make big plays. So I think Kenyon Green is the best pick for them. And I think the only way they're going to be able to do that is by trading up a couple spots. All right, moving on to 26, we got Tennessee with this pick. Um, I got um, replacing the Rashad Evans void that he left at linebacker going Devin Lloyd, like I said earlier, and like you had him going earlier. I think he's a, uh, hands down unanimously the greatest, the best linebacker in this draft class. Um, I don't think he'll pan out to be, but I think right now he's the, easy, he's the easiest pick at linebacker. He's got great speed. He's got great hands. Uh, his coverage definitely needs some work. Uh, when I say hands, I mean he's he's very strong with his hands as far as 
you know, fending off linemen. I think his pass coverage needs some work. Um, but under Mike Vrabel, I definitely think that's something he can teach him. I mean, Vrabel is one of the greatest defensive minds in the in the league. So I think if there's anybody that he can learn under, it would be Vrabes. And uh, filling that Rashad Evans' voyage will be easy – or not easy for him, but great for the Titans. Uh, and so I think as long as he learns some pass coverage, his pass coverage gets a little better, he'll be a great linebacker. But, um, yeah, I think he's he's the best linebacker in the in the draft, and I think the Titans need a linebacker desperately. Uh, I got the Titans going to a different route here at 26. I got them going Zion Johnson from Boston College. And I think after the loss of Roger Sofield in free agency, I mean, they need a guard. It's a position of need. And, I mean, that's how they're, they're – they're, you know, smash mouth foot, football. I mean, they give the ball to King Henry and they let him kind of run. And, I mean, if they don't have a good offensive line, they're not going to be able to do that successfully. And that's why they're going to get a big-body guy like Zach Johnson to fill in at that – or Zion Johnson to fill in at that guard position. And, I mean, I think they do have a good roster to contend but I think they need to make a couple moves in the draft, and I think this is the first one and the most important. Yeah, I actually got Zion Johnson falling to the next pick going to Tampa Bay. Again, like you say, he's a great guard um, uh, that is out of Boston College. Um, I think Tampa Bay, they got to protect Tom. You know, uh, I would say that this year would be his best as last year, but who knows, we said that last year, and here he is back again. But, yeah, he's a great battler in the trenches, very strong great interior linemen and I they have a great O-line but um I think you just gotta go out to all out to protect Tom this year and that's the wall that's one spot that is a guy that you can plug right in which you need because they're definitely going to be a team that's going to be going to win the champion the Super Bowl this year so I think Zion Johnson is a good pick for them to you know protect Tom in his last year let him do his thing and uh yeah I think it's 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 a great pick for Buccaneers coming at 27. Uh, I got the Buccaneers going, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. And I just think – I think if personally if Johnson or Green was available, I would definitely go guard for them. But I just don't think there's any more round one guards. I mean, you know, there's Tyler Linderbaum, but I think with his size, he's a center, and that's what he's going to play. And I think he's too undersized to play guard. And I heard a lot of scouts saying that – I mean, if you're drafting him, you're drafting him to be a center. You're not going to change his position. And so that's why I got them going Devontae Wyatt because, I mean, Vita Vea is a great defensive tackle, but I'm thinking of they – I mean, they like to run two defensive tackles with Nick, Nick Sue, who is 35 years old, very old, approaching retirement. And, I mean, they just always have, you know, a monstrous D-line, and they always are good at stopping in the run. So someone's going to need to fill in that void when he leaves. And I think Devontae Wyatt is just too good of a talent to pass up on at 27. I think he's definitely going to have a big impact if he goes there or wherever he goes. All right, wrapping up the last five picks in the draft, we got number 28. We got Green Bay again. Right, that's Green Bay coming up at 28. Yeah, so we had Green Bay coming up again. Um, I think this time you got to stay on the offensive side of the ball. I think, um, you know, I think the thing they got to do, they got to protect Rodgers. So I, I'm going there, an O-lineman um, in, oh gosh, Rashard Raymond 
out of uh, Central Michigan. I think what they do here is they uh, move. Hold on, let me check. Make sure um, I've gotten the right. I'm just pronouncing his name right, but yeah, I think he's a good pick. You got to protect Rodgers. I think you move. He can play all over the line. He can play interior. He can play tackle. So I think what you do if you're the uh, you're the Packers is you move um, Elton Jenkins back in the guard and you put um, Raymond on the opposite of Bakhtiari, and that way you got Runyon, you got Jenkins, you got uh, Raymond. And back to your all protecting Rodgers, give him the best chance to uh, really perform at his highest. And I think, yeah, I think he's great. Um, he'll be great at tackle to help protect Rodgers. I mean, I agree with you. I got the Packers going. Tyler Winderbaum from Iowa. And Alfred Jenkins is their center last year, right? Jenkins, uh, I don't know where he's last year, but right now they got him labeled as playing right tackle. Oh, really? I thought he played some center last year, but I think that even if he did, I mean, you know, they would move him to right guard where I know he played in college. I know he played in the first year of his NFL career. And I think they just, you're, I mean, it's kind of, you know, you just spot a new like Lamborghini and I mean, you got to fill it with the most expensive gas possible. You're not just going to go with it and ruin it with some, you know, cheap gas or cheap parts with it. And I think that's why they're going to build up this O-line. They're going to build up this receiving core because, I mean, they just spent all this money on Rodgers. And so, you know, they're going to want to make sure he's going to perform at his best. Yeah, so I think we definitely agree hands down. We just two first-round picks for Green Bay. You got to keep him. You got to go offense. I mean, like you said, the Philadelphia – the Lamborghini reference real well. You gotta, you gotta treat it right. At number twenty nine, we got Chiefs coming in at twenty nine and thirty. I got them keeping both these picks. I think first they gotta fill the Tyree Kill void. That's going uh, uh, Jonah Dotson at uh, the receiver out of Penn State. I think he's a perfect guy to fill the Tyree Kill void. Uh, small, speedy kind of receiver that can come in and play really well. Proved himself well at Penn State. And, um, yeah, like I said, Chiefs with Hill gone, got, you got to bring somebody in to play receiver. And I think Dotson is a great guy to bring in, fill in that spot. Uh, due to trade, I had the Chiefs trading up to draft a pass rusher. And so the Cowboys have this pick. And I'm going to make them draft the guy that you really like, and the Kobe Dean from Georgia. And people are a little worried about his size, but I think his skills and speed and athleticism just – makes up for it. I mean, he's so quick on the field. I mean, we saw him play that national championship game, and I mean, he was the heart of that defense. He was a leader, and I think he's going to have great success in the NFL, and I think the Cowboys have a, I mean, they have Michael Parsons, but I think to partner him with uh, N'Kobe Dean and have Van Der Esch in that linebacker core, and even occasionally bring in Jalen Smith in there, I think that would just help their defense so much more. And it would help because, I mean, we all know Michael Parsons is a very good pass rusher and can get to the quarterback. So allowing him, N'Kobe Dean, to take over, like, the coverage and allow Mark, Michael Parsons to kind of, you know, come off the edge more often, I think could really help the Cowboys on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely like that pick there with Dean. Um I just in my the way my draft board worked out, I don't have two teams going linebackers in the first round. Um but I I, I think Dean is the best. I'll talk about him a lot more later, but 
I do think Dean's the best linebacker draft. I really like him coming out of Georgia. But um, all right, going on number thirty, as we wrap it up here in our mock drafts, I got Kansas City again keeping this pick and filling another void they had and they've had for a long time. That's in the corner position. I got him going. Kair uh, Elam, cornerback out of Florida. Again, being an SEC guy, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. The SEC has some of the greatest competition, the greatest athletes at all positions. So he's faced some of the greatest receivers. Uh, he's long, he's athletic, he's physical. Again, just a good prototype NFL quarter. You, it's going to be great to bring in and uh, help him on that defense, especially in the secondary. Oh, I agree with you. I got the Chiefs picking a guy that you had go earlier and Andrew Booth from Clemson. And, I mean, he's got good size. He's very quick, very good at man coverage. And, I mean, he kind of plays with that confidence and competitiveness, you know, you want from a corner. And, I mean, I think some parts of his game aren't at the NFL level yet, which may be why he goes at 30. But I think he can really develop alongside with Jarius Sneed, which is also another younger corner who I really like. And I think having them at one and two would really help that Chiefs secondary out. And especially if they trade up to get a pass rusher, I think, you know, let Mahomes do his work on the offense side of the ball. And I think they, if they can get more stops this season, I think they can definitely win that more competitive AFC West division. All right, so we both got the Chiefs going corner there. Uh, I think uh, unanimously a position that most fans can agree they definitely need to fill and that the cornerback. Uh, all right, number 31, we got Cincinnati coming in with this pick. Uh, I do agree that they need O-line help. And if they trade up, I can understand why they get down help, O-line help, like you said. But I think at this point, there's not a great O-lineman to pick in my draft board. So I got them going and filling another void that they have on our team. And that's in the secondary. I got them going Daxton Hill, safety out of Michigan. Great athlete. Uh, he can move all around. He can play safety. He can play corner. Um, I think that's great to have um, for the Bengals because they've struggled in both those positions. So to have that guy and be able to place him kind of at where you need him um, as a utility guy is definitely something that's going to help them a lot. I think their offense proved last year that they're very good. I think their defense needs to take another step forward to be another, to take another champion or Super Bowl run. And I think they take that step here forward on defense by taking Daxon Hill. Oh, so due to earlier trades, and the Bills have this pick. <clears throat> and I got them um, going Kair Elam from – Florida, and I mean, he's, I mean, he's 6'2", and he's long, and I mean, he's a physical on the line, he's a good press corner, he's got great recovery speed, and although uh, people believe that he allows, he's a little, when he plays man-to-man coverage, he plays a little off, and he allows separation underneath, which can cause NFL quarterbacks to take advantage of that compared to, like, college quarterbacks, but I think with a little bit refinement, and I think this Bills coaching staff has done a great job in these last couple of years developing their younger guys. And I think if they can develop him, he could definitely be a great number two quarterback, cornerback beside uh, Tredavious White from LSU. All right, and then to wrap out the 2022 NFL draft, we get the Detroit Lions coming in to pick the, for this pick. And I think this pick is fairly evident for the way that their team has gone. And I think you got to go quarterback. And the only quarterback left, in my opinion, that's worth going to the first round is Desmond Ryder, the quarterback at Cincinnati. 
I see him as a more athletic Willis, Malik Willis, um, super mobile, great athlete, um, but his accuracy is not great. You know, he's uh, he's definitely a more Lamar, definitely more Lamar Jackson type. I mean, he's this is almost a perfect comparison to Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's as great as an athlete, but he's definitely like a Lamar Jackson in the sense that he's going to, I think, he'll go at the very end of the first round to a team that desperately needs a quarterback. He's got the athletic, the athleticism, the super high mobility with questions about his accuracy. Um, and he's a great leader at since playing at a university like Cincinnati, he had to be learned to be a great leader. And that's something you'd love to see in a quarterback. That's a definite plus. So you bring him into that Detroit locker room, you get him, you get him helping to get the team hype and you, uh, and I think he's just the perfect pick for him. You roll, you are rolling the dice here. Pick an athletic quarter, or, you know, a quarterback with uh, that's athletic. But I think that's the way the NFL is going now. You got to roll the dice on some of these quarterbacks because, like Lamar Jackson proved, sometimes they pan out. And so uh, I think that the Detroit this time, I think they got to roll those dice and go with uh, Desmond Ryder here. Uh, I mean, I got the exact same pick for you. I got Desmond Ryder, and. I just think exactly like you said. I mean, he's a great athlete, and, I mean, he's got a strong arm. His accuracy does struggle, though, which does make him a risk. And But he's got a really quick release, which is definitely good in the pros. And I think if they can sharpen up his ball placement and his accuracy, I think he could definitely be the guy there for the long run. And I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're so right. The athleticism of quarterbacks is just becoming more and more of a necessary thing. As you know, I think it's because of these edge rushers are just getting so and so quick off the edge, and they're so athletic now and so fast that you need a quarterback who can sometimes scramble around and make a play. And I think Desmond Ryder has the talent to do that. All right. So at the conclusion, we definitely have deferring drafts. Uh, I'd say the big takeaways is I definitely have a lot less movements going on. But based on the trend of last year, you definitely have more trades, movement as far as trades going on. Uh, picks we agree on, I marked down um, one, two, three, four, five picks. I Oh, six picks in total, I think we had uh, agreeing on. We had the Jags at Aiden Hutchinson we agreed on. Uh, Evan Neal going to the Giants at five. At eight, we had the Falcons. We both had the Falcons going Garrett Wilson, the receiver at Ohio State. Uh, number 13, we both had the Texans going Charles Cross, the OTEC at Mississippi State. At 16, we both had the Saints going Trevor Penning, the OT at Northern Iowa. And then to wrap it up, we both think Desmond Ryder's going to Detroit. All right, the last two points we're going to make here is we're going to go with our biggest – uh, boom players, the guy we think, the, you know, that's not an obvious guy like an Aiden Hutchinson, a top five guy, but maybe a guy later in the draft um, or uh, that – or maybe even other rounds if you want to, but um, a guy that people think are be good, but you really think you could be thinking he'd be one of the best in the draft. And then we're also going to go with our bus pick, a guy that was picked in this first round that you really think isn't going to pan out, a guy that was a uh, missed opportunity, uh, Jamarcus Russell-esque type guys so uh you want me to start or you want to go first oh uh, you can start all right for my shout out i actually have two shout outs for guys i think are going to boom this draft number one i did not have them going in the first round but i've said this multiple times throughout this episode in this last hour i think nicobe dean 
is going to be a stud wherever he ends up. I would pray it would be the Texans. I don't know how it would work out, but if he fell to the Texans, maybe in the second round, or even if we drafted him in the first round, it would be a little early, but I think I would still be happy watching him play at Georgia. Like you said, in the national championship game, he was the heart and soul of that team. To have a defensive guy that can be a captain and show leadership like that in college is awesome. Yes, he's underside. I think we've seen guys in the NFL that have been underside on defense, and they've overcome that. I think he's a guy that can do exactly that. He's got the heart. He's got the – he's like – I mean, again, I'm going to say it again. I've said it so many times today, but he's a guy that can – he's played in the SEC. He's played in a national championship. He's played against the best O-line in the country, and he's still got the job done. And he's also done it with leadership, strong, good leadership. And to have that as a defensive lineman – is or a linebacker is just awesome. So I think he can definitely get a boom. I think fan whatever team he ends on, the fans are going to love him because he's going to be such a leader. I love Nicole Dean. I think he's going to be great. And I also want to shout out my guy, Western Kentucky University, Bailey Zaffy, quarterback, broke the touchdowns record and the passing yards record last year, all-time passing yards and all-time touchdowns – or, sorry, season touchdowns and season passing yards. I think – He's an NFL ready. Yes, he has struggles in this game. His arm or his arm strength isn't exactly the best, and he lacks a little bit of athleticism. But I still think he can find his place in this league. I like him. Uh, I, I I think at Western, watching him every week, he makes great pre-snap reads. He's an NFL-minded guy. He can learn an offense. He uh, he can take in all the things aspects of offense. He can make pre-snap checks. He's smart enough. He won't. Throw, I don't think he, he has these throwing. He didn't throw that many dumb passes last year. I think he's proved himself worthy of an NFL pick, maybe in the third or fourth or maybe even the fifth round. But I think wherever he goes, I hope he gets a real shot because I definitely think he has the mind of an NFL quarterback. And I think in a couple of years we'll see him starting somewhere. And I hope he does get the shot because I think he deserves it. All right. Uh, you want to go? Who do you think your boom player is going to be? Uh, I got a guy who he's a receiver. Um, he ran a four three six, so absurdly fast. I mean, he's six four two oh five, just huge. And that's in Christian Watson from North Dakota State. And I mean, a lot of people. I think that a lot of the reason that he's going to slide is just because I mean, he went to a school like North Dakota State, a smaller school, didn't play as much competition. But I mean, don't let that fool you. I mean. He's an absurd athlete. He's got great hands. I mean, he's very good at separating himself from defenders. And at 6'4", I mean, he's good at jump balls. And, I mean, 205 is a good receiver, is a good weight for a receiver where he's going to be physical enough where he can get off press coverage. I mean, he's going to be strong enough. But, I mean, clearly by shown by his 40 time, I mean, he's also going to be very quick on the deep ball. And – Personally, I hope he's a guy that the Chiefs target because I think with Mahomes, I think that would be a really interesting combination with Mahomes' arm talent and Watson's just, you know, freak of nature, athletic ability. I think that would be something to watch out for. All right, and then now to wrap up this episode, we'll go with our biggest bust. And I think mine, I think this is a really good draft cast. We got some really strong names coming out of it. But I think the guy that comes down to my bust is a guy who we talked about not that long ago was a big dice roller. I think that's Desmond Ryder. Uh, I just think that he's 
he's not Lamar Jackson, and I think people think he is. I think I I I think he's a great leader, and I think the time he spent in Cincinnati building that program, helping building that program, was awesome. Uh, but I just think he doesn't have the arm to be a great NFL quarterback. I don't think he has the accuracy to do it, and you got to have both. You can't just be full on running. Lamar was able to learn the or to have the accuracy. And he can be a right quarterback. I don't think Ryder. I think that's rare. I think to find a guy like that, like a Vic or a or a Lamar Jackson, is very rare. I don't think we're going to find it so close together. And I don't think Ryder's that guy. I think he's just got the athleticism and the speed. He might find some early success, and then teams will learn how to contain him, and they'll get to him and learn to make him pass in the pocket. And I don't think he'll be able to handle it. So I, I think he's too much of a dice roll, especially in the Lions organization. They're not the best of taking young guys, building them up, and uh, turning them into great athletes or great players. So I don't think Ryder pans out. I think he ends up a bust. What do you got as your bust of the year or of the first round? I mean, I got a, I got a quarterback as my bust, and I just think with so much quarterbacks, I mean, one of them's bound to be a bust, but mine's a different quarterback in Matt Corral from Ole Miss. And I just think, I mean, he's a little undersized. His arm is not at the elite level. And the thing that concerns me the most is he's very reckless with the ball. And I think you can't do that at the NFL level. You know, you just can't have those turnovers. And you can't allow offenses to get on the field in good position because they will take advantage. And uh, just looking at some stuff that I was reading, it says he's also very – um, he's very reckless with the ball on second and third down, and he he's, runs a lot. And I believe Old Miss, I mentioned this earlier, they ran a very RPO-heavy offense. And so I believe, like you said with Desmond Ryder, he's a huge dice roller, and I believe that uh, his ceiling can definitely be limited by his lack of truly elite arm talent and him putting the ball in danger. But I do think he's still a very athletic guy, and I think in the right hands he'll find success. All right. I think unless you got something you want to add, that's going to wrap it up for today. You got anything else you want to add before uh, before we wrap up the episode? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. I think we're good. So that's our draft, mock drafts, and a kind of our draft preview going into next Thursday's draft. Make sure you tune in and uh, – See if we'll be tuning in to NFR White, and then we'll come back after the draft and film an episode, kind of recapping and then seeing where we went wrong, where we went right, where we agree with the picks that went, where we maybe disagree, um, and we'll kind of wrap up what happened there. But, yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.